You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. This episode is aptly entitled Hold the Line. I'm talking to law enforcement and Blue Family right now today. There has never been a time in history that has been more important for us to have good quality police officers on the street who understand the law and understand their role within enforcing that law. Now is the time. Now is the time to shine. You are made for such a time as this. People will look back and right now we will remember which side of history we are on. And I'm talking not just to law enforcement. I'm talking to the private citizens out there. History will remember which side of this you were on. Were you one of the idiots that was protesting good law enforcement? I understand there's problems. I understand there's bad cops. I've encountered them and I'm a civilian police chaplain. There are bad cops. But the majority of law enforcement are good people who love their nation and their neighbor and would lay down their life for a complete stranger or a complete idiot, both of which happen. So which side of history do we want to be on? I'm talking to the American people. We want to be on the side of law enforcement right now. There is an organized attack going on. Uh, Humanizing the Badge is doing a Thank a Police Officer event, and it's basically a Thank a Police Officer Day, uh, September 19th. I became aware of this this morning. That is awesome. That's a good thing because there is an organized attack against our police officers right now in our nation. Think about it. Think about what you've seen this year coming against law enforcement. It's like somebody doesn't want good cops to stay behind badges. It's like somebody wants to destroy law enforcement and demoralize them as people and break that chain and destroy the thin blue line. Think about it. Look at the media. Look at some of the names of the articles. I saw one the other day, law enforcement struggles to deal with the anger of a nation. What? Most folks realize, hey, a bad egg, it's it's not this one bad egg or this handful of bad eggs are not the whole. And But the way that that article was written was inciting. And it's actually enough of this garbage is brainwashing. Think about it. If you're told every day that you're stupid, you're going to start to begin to, to believe that you're stupid, especially if you're a child. Anybody that's been around law enforcement has seen where children have been uh, told that over and over and over again and seen the destruction it's done in their lives. I've seen the destruction it does in their lives. Our law enforcement are being told over and over again, you're irrelevant. You don't matter. You're broken. There's a, a systemic problem. There, our system of law enforcement is systemically full of racists. No, it's not. I know officers. I know officers in a lot of places, and the average cop is not racist. And now think about it. These riots. People are being bussed in big, beautiful buses from one place to another. Pause here while I sip my coffee. People are being bussed from one place to another, and they are uh, in these big, beautiful, expensive buses with big labels down the sides of them. These buses are paid for by somebody and their clothing and their expensive phones are paid for by somebody and the equipment that they're bringing with them is paid by paid for by somebody. Law enforcement are stopping buses and different, different modes of transportation and arresting people that have gear 
to go fight at these riots, as in like Antifa. Uh, also to burn buildings down. There was a bus uh, full of, of blunt force trauma weapons that was, that was uh, uh, seized at an event just a few months ago. There was another one that had large amounts of gas cans in it headed to a city they had said they would burn down. We need to follow the money. We have paid protesters. And I don't mean I don't mean people walking down the street going, hey, I don't like this. That's part of the American way. That's part of what the US Constitution guarantees. If you wanna if you want to walk outside and, and walk around and go on social media and protest the fact that the sun is in the sky or the sky is blue, fine. You protest whatever you want. Um, you can protest the fact that 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 we breathe oxygen every day and you don't think that's right, even though you're breathing oxygen while you protest. That's fine. But if you're being paid to hurt people or you are going places to hurt people um, because because you're an anarchist, because you're Antifa, if you're doing things like this, if you are an anarchist and doing these things, you need to go to prison. That's what prison is for. And there are people being paid to attack our nation and they are on the wrong side of history. And history will remember them as being the goobers that were on the wrong side of history. There is an organized attack against our law enforcement. Think about major sporting events. There are major sporting events in this country that you think about, name one other than maybe pro rodeo, that has not taken an anti-police stance. Think about it. That's terrible. And there are many red-blooded God-fearing, patriotic Americans that are turning their back on sports. It is going to cripple the budgets of these sporting events because the average American has gone from going, well, I mean, I don't like when I get a speeding ticket. And that one time they got a speeding ticket, that cop was a jerk. Or I remember when I was a teenager, we got a noise complaint at the party I was at and the cop came there and he was a jerk. Okay, yeah. But now they're going from, I'm not really anti-cop, but I'm not really pro-cop to going, I'm pro cop because if it's not for these police officers, these men and women that put on the badge and stand between us and the ghouls that run around, we would have to fight them. And we're seeing that happen where law enforcement is being defunded in a couple of cities and it is leading to some major problems. So it's very, suddenly it's very, very popular and it's cool to be anti-cop and that is the interesting thing is it's having a polarizing effect and it's actually having the opposite effect in my opinion of what these people want the money people behind this want because the silent majority is getting sick and tired of it and i've never seen a time when when private citizens are flying blue line flags thin blue line flags outside of their homes um honking waving at cops um, there's an awkwardness between those who enforce the laws around us. Nobody, nobody uh, loves the warrior until the enemy is at the gate. And that's what's happening, literally. That's an, it's a butchered ancient quote. But nobody loves the warrior until the enemy is at the gate. And right now the enemy is at that gate. And that enemy is, uh, that enemy is socialist, communist, fascist groups that are, that are being paid to go around and try to destroy our country and tear down democracy, literally. That may sound alarmist, but it's also true. We've never in history needed our law enforcement like we do today. And Ferguson was an interesting point. I want to go back to Ferguson because I think it's something we can come away with for today. Ferguson was 
lots of people being bussed in. I talked to officers that were there that arrested rioters, people that were smashing buildings, burning buildings, hitting people with things, attacking people in the streets. And these people were not from Ferguson. They were from Atlanta. They were from Dallas. They were from Fort Worth. They were from LA County. They were being brought in from all over the country. And it was a first fruit of what we're seeing today. And a lot of these people were being arrested there and it's more organized now where they're being bailed out. We need to have areas where they refuse to let these people get bailed out. We just need to hold them until trial. And then they need to be sent away, forced to pay restitution once they get out, but sent away minimum of a year in prison. Uh, I'd love to see more, but these people need to be held. So Ferguson was kind of a first fruit of this. A police officer was attacked, uh, beaten severely, had massive damage to his face, and literally had to defend himself with lethal force or he was going to die. He was going to suffer life-altering injuries at the least. And even then, it destroyed his life. It was a politicized event where a career criminal was turned into a hero. Does that sound familiar to you? A career criminal was hailed as a hero. Coffee sip break. career criminal hailed as a hero. So Ferguson was one of those interesting things that I already had my ministry and I worked in the lives of law enforcement and a lot of it was physical needs, but I had a lot of officers turning to me saying, Paul, I don't know how much longer I want to do this. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And later I had a lot of officers after I encouraged them say, you know, I was going to hang it up Paul. I'd written my resignation letter or I, I was going to put my badge down. I was going to walk away. Um, but I didn't, I didn't walk away because we had that conversation. And that is the thing that needs to happen today is people need to turn to their brother-in-law, their sister, uh, their mom, their dad, their son, their friend, their friend's kid. Uh, they need to talk to the, the person they go to church with. They need to wave at that officer as they go down the street and they need to say, Hey, we love you. We appreciate you. We need you like humanizing the badge. September 19th is doing a thank a police officer day. Highly commendable. I'm going to share that on my social media. Highly commendable. Needs to happen. So now that the enemy's at the gate, people are starting to take notice and say, hey, I am pro-cop. Now, you may have been pro-law enforcement before. I was pro-law enforcement before the enemy was at the gate. But we need to make sure that, that law enforcement understands that we need them. And talking to law enforcement very specifically, right now is the time that we need you to hold the line. Because if you leave now, it's going to leave your, your departments understaffed, undermanned, underwomaned. There's not going to be enough law enforcement to go around. And I want to talk about what that looks like. I'm talking to law enforcement and I'm talking to the private citizen. Law enforcement's already going to go, we know what it is to be understaffed, Paul. We know what it is to not have enough people at a call. Well, we had an incident a few years ago, a friend of mine. He was uh, law enforcement in a particular city and a small town and they were under county coverage which for those of you not familiar there weren't enough officers to go around um, and there's times that you're under sheriff's department county coverage and they just kind of help with with overflow calls or they just help with things sometimes you know you'll get a pending call for when you get up the next morning and you go back to work but if it's really bad they'll go check it out they'll go deal with it well during the ferguson riots there was a young man walking around and um, he uh, he has some some mental maturity difficulties. He's got he's kind of slow, and he's walking around. He's been watching the news, and he thinks it's cool to be a gangsta. 
and he's walking around town and it, I think it was like 1030 at night and he's shouting F the police at the top of his lungs and he's holding a rifle over his head as he's walking around. So the call comes into my friend, Hey, um, you know, this is what's going on. Do you want us to have a sheriff's deputy come out there or do you want to handle it? And this is, you know, he's home. He's got his boots off. It's time for him to be asleep. And he says, no, I think I know who that is. I'll go handle it because he's thinking this young man doesn't understand that you, you are careful about how you handle a weapon around a person of authority. You don't point a gun at a police officer. You don't, you don't turn where the weapon is considered at low ready towards a police officer. And, um, you know, if, if I'm in a life or death situation and somebody points a weapon at me, I might shoot them too. And so he, he responds to the scene where this guy's walking down the road, recognizes him, hits the guy he thinks it is. And he's like, okay. So he talks to him and he's like, Hey, I need you to come here. And the guy's like, no, I don't have to come over there. And he's like, come over here. And the young man turns and he, of course he recognizes as the young man's walking towards him that the rifle is a, is a pellet rifle. It's a, it's a toy. He recognizes that. Um, but in the dark, and if you didn't know this young man, you might think he was actually holding a real gun. So my friend starts talking to him and says, come over here. And the young man comes over and he's an adult and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, this young man tries to inform him that he knows his rights and he can do whatever he wants and freedom of speech. And he says, right, you do have freedom of speech, but you're also getting noise complaints from people. It's 1030 at night. You're walking around shouting at the top of your lungs and thinking that this is cool. And he's definitely a little slow. And he says, you know, you need to stop. This is not going to end well. And, uh, and so the young man, well, you know, I, well, I'm doing what I want. And finally he talks him down. And then he says, I need you to, I need you to give me the, this pellet rifle. No. He says, all right, I'll buy it from you for 20 bucks. And the young man looks at him and goes 40. And he's like, okay. And so he gives him $40 for this pellet rifle so that the young man's life is saved so that the young man doesn't decide to gesture in a way towards somebody who might think it was a real weapon and shoot him. That way, if other law enforcement's going through town, um, he can prevent a future incident um, that night or, or in the future down the road. Um, or if a private citizen felt threatened and felt the need to defend themselves, which happens, um, that they wouldn't shoot a man over a young man over a pellet rifle. Coffee sip break. Yep. It's that good. So he saved that young man's life. Why do I tell that story? Because if we lose you, you know, your town, you know, your city, you know, your county. I'm talking to law enforcement. You know the environment that you do your work in. You know the, the ne'er-do-wells and the troublemakers. And you know the, the people that are the good ones. You know the bad ones. You know the people that have your back. You know the people who don't. And if you're gone, not only do we lose you and all of your skills and all of your experience and all the time you put in behind the badge, but we lose, we lose that ability for you to defuse a situation, the people that you know. So if another officer, a green officer responds, they're not going to know that person. Had a county officer responded that night, the way that young man turned around when he was called to, he turned around with that 
rifle, which looked like a real rifle, but was a pellet rifle, he turned around with it, which what would have been at the low ready, meaning ready to bring it up and shoot. He would have been looking at the very least at a sheriff deputy's handgun or rifle. And had he begun to approach him without dropping it, which he, you know, they, this officer knew that he was not terribly bright, knew that he was not a threat, but an outsider, a state trooper pulling up, a mutual aid from another town pulling up, county pulling up, very possibly would have taken this young man for gospel, whether this this threat for real, and would have at the very least drawn on him or shot him over a pellet rifle. This is where you know your people on your beat in the area you work. And things like that will only get worse. Or the fact that you have all of the knowledge that you have, an officer coming out, if the good ones leave, if the good ones leave and the green ones are coming out of the academy, I know police officers who do not know they took us from the hole in the ground, from a hole in the ground, when they get out of the academy. They just, they know, they know stats and statistics and, and they know some procedures and different things like that. They know some, they know some, some tactics, but how to be a day-to-day -day B cop. No, your FTO teaches that. Your field training officer teaches you that. And I've seen officers that have been thrown to the wolves where they've been thrown out there without a field training officer. If you don't hold the line now as a police officer and we lose you, who's going to train the next crop? It's only going to get worse. And I learned an interesting thing earlier this year that for every degree that your core temperature drops in a life or death situation, as you're bleeding, you lose your clotting factor by about 10%, although that's approximate. That's what's going to happen to law enforcement if the good ones leave. And this is where I'm talking to private citizens. You need to turn to police officers and thank them. You need to thank them. So this is where if you're looking around in the, as law enforcement, more and more people are, are starting to stand up and be counted. And I have a feeling that, that September, October, November is going to be an interesting time in our country. I have a feeling that November is going to be a very interesting time. I'm recording this uh, early September 2020. I have a feeling that we're going to see Molotov cocktail attacks on law enforcement cars, uh, on police stations, on polling places where people don't want, where they don't want law enforcement or uh, they don't want um, people voting. That We're going to see drive-by shootings. I would be very surprised if we don't see attacks on polling places leading up to the election. And if our president is reelected, I think that there are evil people in this country who will step it up that they may have to be put down in the streets. People who may literally take to the streets and want, I don't know what they think they're doing, but actually attack, attack innocent people in the streets. I mean, I, I saw a guy struck with a brick in the back of the head the other day by an entitled rioter who thought that they thought because he was white and they were black, that they could hit him with a brick, a uh, felony assault, potentially attempted murder. No, that doesn't fly. And you should go to prison for that. If we don't have the good cops to help hold the line, we are going to have a really rough November in this country. And I think November is going to get pretty rocky as is. 
I was talking to my friends in law enforcement and I'm going to try to do everything I can to get my bills paid ahead. Um, I'm self-employed for those that don't know it to ride as much as I possibly can with them in the month of November, because I have a sneaking suspicion that November in this country is going to be a rough month. So we can't lose you. Hold the line. We cannot do this without you. I'm, I'm speaking to you as law enforcement. Hold the line. We can't do it without you. Then keep your head on a swivel talking to law enforcement. And guys and gals, I'm not alone when I say this. Um, there are many Americans who, who, who mean what I'm about to say. I said this back during the Ferguson riots to a police officer friend uh, in a bad moment when his life was in danger. And it needs to be a song. So you singer songwriters out there, somebody needs to make this into a song that's an anthem from one cop to another. I'm not law enforcement, but this would be a great anthem, one cop to another. And it would also be a great conversation uh, from a private citizen to a cop. And I turned to this young man when, when his life was in danger and we were waiting on backup and it was just him and I. And I said, I will bleed my last before, you're, before you fight alone. And I'm not the only one. I will bleed my last before you'll fight alone. And I am not the only one. So... Uh, I'm going to talk about our sponsors here for just a minute, and then I'm going to close in prayer. So please stick around for the prayer. I want to pray for you. If you're law enforcement, if you're a patriotic American, I want to pray for you right now. It's going to be an interesting fall in this country, and I don't, I don't like being alarmist, but I'm watching some of the things that are happening, and there are very evil people, some of whom are just opportunists and being paid to do this, but there are very evil people that are attempting to destroy the fabric of this nation, and they need to understand that the fabric of this nation is ripstop. The fabric of this nation is Kevlar. The fabric of this nation will hold because we as Americans will hold the line and we have your back. I promise you more than you realize people are getting tired of this more than you realize people are. This is a, having a catalyzing effect and people are going, no, this far and no farther. I stand with law enforcement. So first off, I want to, I want to thank John Lee O'Reilly with gentle response for his sponsorship of this uh, podcast. I will have in the future, I will have uh, little uh, spots in each of these for my three sponsors. And uh, John Leo O'Reilly teaches de-escalation training. Uh, you win a 100% of the fights that you don't have to fight. I love de-escalation training and I believe that he is one of the best. So he's one of my sponsors and I thank him for that. Number two, Got Your Six Coffee. My friend Eric Hadley, the founder of Got Your Six Coffee. I drink his coffee exclusively. Those of you who are watching the video version of this podcast see my mug that I drink my coffee from. Coffee sip break. I drink, um, I've drank a, most of his coffee. I've had most of his coffee. Uh, Mustang is a breakfast blend that my wife loves. And then I drink, um, I drink Cup of Joe, which is stylized after a World War I cup of black coffee. Black and rich, dark like my soul. My wife loves it when I say that because she looks at people and shakes her head and she's like, he's not even remotely like that. His soul is not black or dark. I don't know why he thinks that's funny, but I do. They have thin, they have thin blue line. They have blue line, which is a, a delicious coffee as well. So for those of you law dogs out there, check out gotyoursixcoffee.com. Uh, number three, 
uh, Matt Combs with Shield Force International. He teaches a lot of things, too many of those uh, to, to talk about here. But if you're in law enforcement, he teaches ambush survival training and also knife defense training, among many, many others. So look up Shield Force International. Guys, I'm going to pray out this episode uh, for the safety of our officers and the patriots in this nation as we go into a dark time in history. We need, we need to stop and decide which side of history do we want to be remembered on. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to law enforcement in this nation, uh, to, to uh, love them, to be alongside them, to stand with them at some of the worst and some of the best moments of their lives, Lord God. I come before you humbly. I'm a nobody from nowhere. But Lord God, you give me an opportunity and a way to speak to law enforcement, and I thank you for that. I ask that you would guide them, bless them, and protect them, that when the enemy comes against them, that you would cause the enemy to stumble, that they would expose themselves in that moment to where law enforcement would realize it was a failed ambush, it was a failed attack, that if they are going to try to, to lob a Molotov or they're going to try to ambush a police officer, they would fail and you would cause them to stumble. That, Lord God, in these moments, you would literally divert the knife. You would literally bend the bullets around our law enforcement in this nation, Lord God. I'm not the only one praying that in this nation for our law dogs. And, Lord God, I just ask that you be with the citizens of this nation, that they would that they would stop, they would take a moment, and they would go, yeah, I want to be remembered on the right side of history. And we'd be able to look back at 2020 as one of those really weird years that made America great, where people went, no, I'm not putting up with this. Lord God, I thank you. I give you the honor and the glory. And I say it in the one name that makes it possible, in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, guys, hold the line. We love you. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.